0: one of the best or the worst feelings is arriving to your accommodation after a long travel day in a foreign country join us as we debate where to stay in europe
1: you're listening to travel fomo a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust
0: This is the Travel FOMO podcast. My name is Hillary Halton, and I am here with the man who has changed my life by showing me the finer things in life, Jamin, <laughs> including the finer places to stay. <laughs> you,
1: don't, you don't always have to go with the cheapest option.
0: That's right. <laughs> This episode is part of our Best of Europe season, where we share what we learned while traveling 18 different countries in three months. So there's a lot to tap into. We have a lot of experience, although we should go ahead and just be upfront about it. We don't have a lot of five-star Ritz-Carlton experience. Yeah,
1: we didn't do a lot of fancy places. Right. But we did do a lot of places. I mean, I think the most we ever stayed in one place was four nights. And yeah. there were some places that were as little as one night. So we we stayed in a lot of different places.
0: Yeah, we were moving pretty quickly and got to test a lot of different waters. And uh, one of the things that we really want to do in this episode is really compare the difference between staying in a hotel or a home like an Airbnb or a Verbo or something like that. Um, is it Verbo or V-R-B-O?
1: Yes. Yes. I think depending on who you're talking to. <laughs> okay. It's like GIF or JIF.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, we want to compare the difference between uh, the three primary places that we stayed, which were hotels versus uh, a home that you could rent out or um, a hostel. So,. Those are the three things uh, that we really kind of are looking at today. But um, let's jump right in there with the pros of staying in an Airbnb or a home, so to speak. Um, Jamin, what do you feel like is one of the top ones?
1: Uh, I think being in neighborhoods. Hotels can kind of like remove you a little bit from from the neighborhoods that you might want to be in. And like you get to feel more um Connected to a neighborhood. I remember when we stayed in Strasbourg, we stayed in La Petite France in a building that was built in the 1500s right on the river. And you really felt like you were there the whole time. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a huge reason why you go to Europe is to to feel that feeling of Europe. And when you stay in a home, you get that all the time. Yeah. You're not removed by the by the hotel Environment. Even where we stayed in Edinburgh, we stayed in the in the grass market area. From our Airbnb, you could see the castle above. Like we were directly below the castle. There were no buildings between us and the castle, yeah. which was crazy. And you looked out over the grass market square where all this history took place and you're, you're in it. You really feel like you're in it. The same in Lyon. We stayed on this square and we were up like three or four stories and we looked over the square where all these restaurants were and so every night it would just come to life below us Mm -hmm. and it was just amazing to be in that neighborhood same with Valencia we stayed in a fisherman's house and that gave that whole experience a completely different feel than if we had stayed in a hotel in the city center so i think one of the huge pros of staying in a home an airbnb a vrbo is being in the neighborhood itself
0: yes absolutely agree and it's so unique oh my goodness some of the places we stayed were just so incredibly unique Um, I would also say one of the big pros for us was that there are kitchens and Mm. that really opens the door to some affordable meals that you can have so for us we were traveling for a really long time we couldn't always afford to go outside and eat at a restaurant for breakfast lunch and dinner Right. so it was really nice to be able to go to the grocery store as soon as we arrived somewhere uh, get what we needed for a few meals and then be able to eat the local foods at home and we didn't do that all the time because we obviously we loved going to the restaurants as well (laughs) and wanting to experience everything um but it helped it be more sustainable financially for us so that was a big pro
1: yeah and seeing those grocery stores is such a such a cool thing place to place just how different they are Uh, another thing is is you get that that local touch i do feel like when you stay in a hotel you can kind of go into a hotel room and almost forget where you are. Mm. And so you don't get that cultural experience. You don't get to have neighbors and be like walking down a street with people speaking a bunch of different languages as you're like heading into your home. Yeah, Um, You really feel like you're more immersed in the culture than in a hotel because hotels have to like they can't make each room super unique and all that stuff. It, it just doesn't make sense. They have to be very uniform. And that is part of their appeal is you, you get a little bit of respite from that. But, but when you're over there and you're wanting to be in that culture, like you want to eat the food and you want to drink the drinks and you want to participate in all the things. And I think one way to do that is by staying in a home and being in a place where when you look out your window, you imagine yourself living there and being there all the time. And that adds to that cultural experience. So that local touch of being in a home is like, is pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. And I love not being in the tourist epicenter of everything. Right. So that is like so cool. Which you touched on when you mentioned the neighborhood, you know. Okay, so cons for Airbnbs, we actually have a few of those as well. It's Even not though I all love sunshine
1: it, and rainbows.
0: It's not yeah, it's not all great. But <laughs> I would say one of the cons is that um if you have a favorite Airbnb, they're all pretty unique. And so if you don't book it you might lose it. So yeah. It's kind of like you got to get it while the getting's good. And that's just something to consider is that they are so unique. You got to act fast.
1: That uh, that's very true. And it it can get canceled. Um, And there's only one. So it's not like we can move you to a different room or, or like fix it. When we were going back to London at the end of our trip, our Airbnb got canceled. And I think. The guy just canceled it and put it back up or put it on a different site to make more money. Because when we had booked it, there was a lot of like COVID still going on, and there just was some unsurety about events that were happening. And then when they found out that, like, oh, Wimbledon's back on, the Pride Parade's back on, all of these huge things, our Airbnb canceled on us, and then we were really stuck because there was nowhere to be found. We end up paying a huge price for a not that great hotel because it got canceled on us. And there's really no repercussions for you at that point. Uh, I think you should at least be able to repercussions
0: for the host,
1: right? Repercussions for the host right? That that's what I meant to say. And I think you should be able to at least leave a review and say, Hey, I booked this and it was booked for several months and then this host canceled on me. Not really to say that like stuff can't come up and a host can't cancel, but I think if you could see a pattern with a host of that, then that might inform your decision a little more, but that is... A pretty big con of the Airbnb is when it gets canceled from underneath you.
0: Yeah, that's totally a great example. The other thing that is just good to be aware of is that the coordinating, the process of checking in, it's just not the same as a hotel or a hostel. I mean, you can show up to a hotel or a hostel anytime, day or night, 24 hours a day, and you can check in, and it's not a big deal. And it's a pretty instant. Um, from our experience with airbnbs and homes it just depends it just depends and in paris specifically um we were really happy with our place and they were awesome but it did require it said it was self-check-in but then when it was all said and done it actually required us to Like, check in with somebody. Like, we had to meet at an exact time, which meant if our flight was late, we had to be coordinating with somebody to tell them, oh my gosh, our flight's different. Our train's different. We are going to have to show up late. And so, is this like, dance that you're doing and all the extra communication and you're stressing out because you were trying to make it work and instead of just giving me a four-digit code I can use to type into a door and get in <laughs> and so that to me was really surprising and we experienced that a lot in Europe I haven't experienced it as much in America Airbnbs are pretty like truly self in yeah but in, in uh, Europe we did see that a lot and um, it's just something to consider because if you have, for us we also had the URL pass so we were able to travel whenever we wanted and so it was nice to just be able to be like well we'd rather just take a late train if we feel like it at the last second right. and not have to be thinking about like oh there's one person at the other end of this day and if I don't time things out exactly how we coordinated it then we're gonna to have to change things up for somebody so um i just uh think that that's definitely a big deal um, and something to watch for
1: yeah yeah i agree um, another thing is surprise fees that kind of pop up when you're trying to check out it makes it harder to compare the prices overall if it has like a big service fee and we found that some cities there were big service fees everywhere in other cities there were little to no service or cleaning fees Something to consider, I know Airbnb lately has like tried to remedy this a little bit where with their search tool, you can see total price, like you can toggle a button to see total price. And that's very helpful. So it makes this one not as big a con, but just beware that like that sticker price might have some added stuff to it.
0: Yeah. And the other thing that you don't always realize is that there are also local city fees Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is really interesting. And so we would go different places, and all of a sudden they'd be like, And we need you to give us $8 cash. <laughs> right. <laughs> because this is part of something totally different. We can't, and, and you wouldn't even do it through Airbnb, which was kind of interesting. It was uh, little tiny little local nuances. But
1: yeah. Yeah. Just, Look into the cities you're going to, especially if you're going to a lot of places, because some can sneak up on you
0: yeah for sure um also know the cancellation policy because man uh, that is the thing with airbnb specifically you book something and as a general rule you have 24 hours to cancel that booking or you're gonna pay for full price uh, or you're gonna play maybe not full price but you're gonna pay a huge chunk of money to cancel including like 50 percent, sometimes a lot more than that so from our experience That was just a little frustrating um, because the cancellation policy isn't as easy as with a hotel. With hotels, for the most part, we could cancel 24 hours in advance and mostly get most of our money back, if not 100% of our money back. So eh, that's an area where they could really loosen up the rules a little bit.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that for sure. And then also one of the cons can be like just the comfort of a Mm -hmm. place. Um, whether that be like the furniture or the bed or something like that, you can run into some uncomfortable situations. I know one that bothered you a lot was the scratchy towels of Europe.
0: (laughs) I think you agreed with me though, but yeah, I I
1: agreed with you. I was just less expressive about it. Yes.
0: Well, and I think maybe it's more of a European thing where they hang things out to dry, and so they don't get fluffed in a dryer. But man, I remember coming back to America and being like, all of the towels in my world smell so good, and they're so soft, and I feel so clean, <laughs> and I just miss that in in Europe. I just every time I reach for a towel, I was like, eh, it's questionable. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, let's move on to hotels, which we kind of were addressing along the way, but let's be specific. Okay, for pros of hotels, and there are pros for sure, um, I would say going back to the check-in process, it is instantaneous. You show up and somebody's there waiting at the door to greet you. Yes. And that is so nice. So totally love that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree for sure. And just the, the cleanliness standards, I think Hotels know that there's an expectation around cleanliness. I remember checking into our hotel in Monte Carlo, and at that point, we had stayed in a lot of Airbnbs, a lot of nice Airbnbs that were really clean and that we were really happy to be in. So, no like bad experiences. But when we checked into that hotel and walked into the room, and all the like the white linens on the bed are just perfect, and like the room's super clean, the bathroom's super clean, all the towels are really nice and, and in order, you really notice like, wow, this place is clean. Mm-hmm. And it, that feels really good. Yeah, Especially when you're traveling and you've been out going and, and around and you just want like a clean place to like take a shower and lay down, a hotel can really provide that for you i feel like in a way that a lot of airbnbs struggle to do
0: yeah and it makes me feel safe too which yeah i like <laughs> yeah i would also say bookability um you can like we mentioned you can change reservations um, cancellations are free up to like a like very closely to arriving um there's not a lot of surprise fees there's just a lot about that that makes it really easy and there's something to be said for that
1: yeah. And transportation and other little things like that can, can be included or can at least be coordinated really well mm-hmm. by a hotel from a hotel. Um, I mean, when we went to, um, hotel, I think it was Madalena in Mykonos. They coordinated our taxi to the airport the next day. And so it was super easy. We just called the front desk and we were like, Hey, we're ready to go to the airport. And they, they, called us back a few minutes later we're like hey your taxi's here and stuff like that's really nice also if you're telling a taxi driver or an uber driver or somebody like that where you're staying if it's if it's a major hotel or a nice hotel it's a really easy thing to hop in a cab and be like take me to xyz hotel Mm -hmm. and it makes it very easy and simple Whereas other places to stay, like if you are staying in a home, it can be a little harder to navigate. And you've got cab drivers that are trying to find this house in the middle of a a neighborhood can be a little tougher. And hopping in a cab can be tougher from a place like that. Whereas hotels, cabs are always right around. They're always right available. So they're really good about coordinating things that make life nice and easy. So a big pro of a hotel is just the ease of that sort of transportation kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. But you know I do feel like if you're staying uh, for several days, hotels can be more expensive. Yes. So there's there's that. Um, I would say that's one of the first cons to a hotel.
1: Yes and they can be more expensive not only upfront but in just like the price of being around and that you have to eat out all the time. Yeah. Um, you can't make meals at your home. You can't put stuff in a fridge. You can't even really take your leftovers from somewhere and eat them later because you don't really have a place to put them. So Mm -hmm. hotels kind of force you into spending more money other ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like we kind of addressed this earlier, but the lack of cultural experience Mm -hmm. from a hotel is just a little bit more sterile of an environment. Not always. Right. Not always. But uh, pretty it's pretty standard that the hotel is going to be just not as interesting.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like you can wake up in a hotel and kind of wonder where you are. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a home like it's like I know exactly where I am. Oh,
0: yeah. That's a great example. Love it.
1: And I think, too, like hotels can be a bit of like tourist traps um, just because everyone knows, like if you're in a hotel, you're not from here. So you get like the people trying to sell you on things or like the, the restaurants that are around may or may not be as good because they know it's just people funneling through like they don't they don't have to like be consistently good at something because you're only going to be there one time. So they can kind of be a bit of a tourist trap.
0: Okay, let's talk about hostels, which not everyone has experienced hostels. Um, so it kind of bears maybe even setting the scene. Um, and so just for those of you who aren't as familiar, hostels are a place where people can go and can, they can stay for at a much more affordable pr- price. Um, that could even look like, um, I would say we've seen dorm rooms kind of turned into hostels Mm -hmm. and we've seen we've seen all kinds of things but hostels are really where um, things are not as like polished you might share rooms with people i think that's the the big understanding is that you're staying in a room of 20 to 40 people and you're sharing this room one of the myths is that that's not always true Nowadays, they've learned that like people do really like their privacy and their safety, and so they're offering a lot more hostels that have private rooms. And um, they're, you know, they come with a price, but they're still more affordable. You might still share a bathroom with other people. Um, we weren't willing to go that route this time, <laughs> but my sister and I traveled only in hostels um, whenever we were backpacking Europe uh, back in the day after college. So um, that's just kind of setting the scene. What would you say is the biggest pro of a hostel?
1: Uh, I think price is like the biggest pro. And I think that's why so many people choose to use them uh, and why it's so popular with younger travelers. Mm -hmm. Uh, The price makes it a really affordable way to stay. And it's so common over there, whereas it's not common in the United States. And yeah. so I, I think people struggle to wrap their minds around, like, why would anyone ever do that? Yeah, and It's like because it's a really affordable way to stay in amazing places and they're often in good locations. So like the price to be where you want to be can become really approachable if you're willing to go the hostile route.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's also really social. Um, they they even facilitate social opportunities. So they might facilitate. Uh, walking tours or pub crawls or all different types of things. They might have a bar downstairs for you, which is similar to a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and they might have a place for you to play pool or um, different activities to really help travelers engage each other, which is really fun and different. Um, we didn't necessarily leverage that. We had some pretty specific things we wanted to go out and do. But um, I think that that is a real draw for for people especially people who are traveling on their own
1: i i think so too and especially if you have more time to really like stay and hang out and hostels are just so easy to use Mm. like it's checking in and out is pretty easy they've got lockers for you to store stuff in as you mentioned there's probably like a bar or a restaurant or some other place like that they've got laundry And those kind of things, they really are set up to be easy for people that are traveling to use. I feel like hotels can be a little bit more business Mm -hmm. and maybe even a little bit more families and things like that. Whereas hostels are just a little more laid back, easy to use and makes them much more approachable than, than you would think they would be coming in from the outside where you haven't experienced one. I think when you come to one for the, the first time you're like oh this is really easy this is really fun these big lobbies are actually being used like there's people hanging out here and having conversations and talking and stuff like that and so it makes it really easy to to use a hostel to be part of that whole environment
0: right yeah i think one of the key points we're trying to make here is that the movie hostel is not necessarily <laughs> how hostels
1: are. It's funny, but I think that that was my introduction to the concept of a hostel.
0: Mm, yeah. like I
1: didn't know what the word hostel meant mm. until like that movie came out and I was like, what's a hostel? And someone told me and I was like, well, yeah, you got murdered. Like, <laughs> of course. Like, you're staying in rooms with a bunch of other people. But then when you go over there and you really see it, you're like, oh, no, this is like this is a brilliant idea and a great way to help people be able to travel that otherwise couldn't afford it mm-hmm. and yes. that they're full of people, often young people. I did feel very old every hostel that we stayed in, <laughs> but, uh, you know, people just wanting to have an experience to experience other people, to experience other cultures. And so a lot of like really open ideas and things and very, very few chainsaw murderers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's true. It is totally true. (laughs) Totally true. I remember coming back from Europe with my sister and Hostel came out pretty quickly after that and i had to be like tell my mom and dad like do not watch that that is not what we experienced like that is whoa like and uh so i thought that was uh really crazy but i remember watching it and thinking like dear god we survived (laughs) that's crazy okay so that's perfect segue into the cons of hostels
1: (laughs) surprisingly um murderers and people that hunt people are not in our list of of cons like that's for quentin tarantino (laughs) or whoever else but uh privacy is one that uh, is a little bit of a con especially if you're staying in a dorm room um it's bunk beds there's a bunch of people in there that snore and fart and do all of the things (laughs) (laughs) and it uh there's just not privacy for uh for anybody in that situation now you can as you mentioned earlier pay for a private room and you know there's those different levels of like a big dorm room full of people to a smaller room with shared bathrooms to a room that's completely private like we stayed in uh in generator amsterdam it was really nice to me the experience was much like a hotel yeah like we had a nice room with a cool view of a park and a a, private bathroom yeah private bathroom it was nice and clean uh, there were some like strange rules, like you couldn't have food in your in your room and like things like that that were a little odd. But you got the like the bar restaurant like hangout vibe of a hostel with the privacy of a hotel. So you can like pay more to get that. But in general, when people are going to a hostel, it's to stay in a dorm room. It's to get that cheap price, and so for that you sacrifice privacy. You need to lock your stuff in a locker and and those kinds of things. So. Just be aware of that when you're when you're going that route. If you really want to dive in and have like the European backpacking experience, there's not going to be a lot of privacy involved.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, fortunately, the one we stayed in in Dublin, they had a safe. There were mm. multiple safes, so you could tell it was a room that was actually set up for four people. We like. It was just us. We bought the room ourselves and but there were two safes. And so that was pretty cool to think that like, okay, like if I was staying here, at least I could put my passport in a safe with a lock with a code that i decided and nobody else knows you know yeah and my cash and stuff i agree okay so another one would be just lack of luxury it's kind of a con of hostels because you know you can still have quality but you're not gonna get like all the bells and whistles and that's just you know it's a con like it's pretty obviously a con but (laughs) it's there worth, worth noting
1: i think another thing is safety um When you're around a bunch of people, if you don't have a place with a door that you can close, there are going to be situations that aren't as safe. And when you think about like sleeping, when you're at your most vulnerable and there are other people that rightfully have access to the same space, like there is a little bit of a safety concern. And so just be wise about who you're around and who you're with. And the, the activities that you choose to partake in, you know, travel with a buddy, bring a friend, somebody to watch your back. And... You're my buddy.
0: <laughs> you got my back.
1: And you'll feel really safe. Yeah. Like uh, in all of our travels, there were very few times that I felt unsafe. And certainly none of those were in a hostel. And so everyone's very welcoming, very friendly. And just there because they want to experience other people and they're they're a lot like you if you're traveling those other travelers are a lot like you and so just be conscious but you'll be okay
0: that's right and i would say safety goes along with the neighborhoods that you might end up in because hostels are more affordable and there's a reason there's they have to there's they have to do that in some some way so they are not going to be able to be in the nicest neighborhood so just keep that in mind okay best places that we stayed let's talk about that based on our Mm. overall experience so this could be whatever but like the the places that we just loved staying in why don't you tell us your favorites
1: the first one that comes to mind is not from this actual gap year trip but from like another trip that we took to england and it was houghton tower Um, where my family's from, like we did an episode on that. If you want to go back and listen to it, that was a really powerful experience for me, but they actually have an apartment where you can stay in the castle and they call it the Irishman's tower. And we stayed there and you're inside these three foot thick stone walls built into the wall of this castle. And there's a window that looks down this mile long drive off into the distance toward Liverpool there's another window that overlooks the courtyard and it's sort of two stories so your bedroom's up top down below it has this living area with a fireplace and they left us firewood there so we made a fire and I just remember being in there and thinking about like all the history and all that my family had done in that place and hundreds of years of Houghton's lived there and it really was like such an incredible experience and such a cool place to stay and actually go to sleep now you thought that the place was haunted and so you didn't sleep
0: it was haunted that was so cool (laughs) (laughs) and I did not sleep
1: but I slept great Um, another one for me was Edinburgh Uh, And that's actually from this trip. Like you can go back and and listen to that episode and and watch that episode. But we stayed in the grass market area. And one of our windows from our Airbnb, you could actually see the castle. Like there were no buildings between us and the castle. So you're down at the foot of this hill looking up at the castle. And I would just like walk over to that window and look up at the castle. I don't know how many times I did that while we stayed Mm -hmm. there. But it was such a cool place, and and such an amazing way to constantly be reminded of where you were. Um, I loved staying in that Airbnb, and there were so many others. Like in in Strasbourg, we we stayed in La Petite France, right on the river. In Venice, we stayed on the Grand Canal, and like had these amazing in views a from yeah from this place that used to be a palace, where you could just like look out over the Grand Canal. Um, and I like Santorini was cool. There were just so many great places that just like, brought you in and became such a part of the experience.
0: Yes for sure and I would actually say Santorini, that's a great note for me to rattle off my best places because Santorini was at the top of mine um, just in terms of accommodations it was it was a surprise trip for us. We booked it at the last minute. We had only planned a day trip to Santorini and because of ferry issues we decided um, that we were really just going to have to stay the night. And So we went, and we were really debating it because we were going to spend hundreds more dollars than we expected. Yeah. And we went ahead and did it, and I am so glad that we did. And we had the coolest suite that was like a standalone building um, along this little walking path with all these other suites that were super private. And we had our own plunge pool. And the coolest part is that we were at the very end of this little trail, and all we had was open prairie grass in front of us and all around us. Like you would it, you would need binoculars to see people around you. Mm-hmm. That's how um, private it was. And so we got to see the sun uh, set? No, we got rise. to see the sun rise over there, which was, um, it was just incredible. It was beautiful. And, um, that just really like resonates with me and really gave me this feeling of like, this is exactly how I wanted to experience Santorini. It was so cool. Yeah. I loved it. And then um, one of the other places that I really loved was Valencia because you had mentioned a minute ago, we stayed in an old fisherman's wharf area in an old fisherman's home. And I cannot tell you how unique this place was. They had refurbished it and spent years refurbishing it with great, Great detail, and the tile on the floor was so intricate and and uh, artistic. And then the flat, the tile on the walls, on both sides of the walls, it would be at least three feet high. And you've got all this tile on the walls, and then in all of these um, really ornate wooden doors and everything, and the doorknobs were interesting and just everything was so colorful and intricate and thoughtful and I really loved that place and then also we were in this neighborhood where you kind of like look around and you're like I mean it's it's old it's really old but it's the the streets are swept they're actually swept they were clean Mm -hmm. there wasn't trash and it looked like maybe a little rough and run down but it was taking care of people loved their little neighborhood and i just really thought that was sweet and being so close to the beach was awesome too so that was definitely another excellent uh and another excellent one and uh we stayed in Chesky Krumlov
1: yeah
0: oh i that was loved a cool that place. we were like um on it was a little airbnb but it was very small it was more like a um I would say it was a little bit more like a hotel, like a, a boutique way. hotel, a yeah, bit. yeah, like a boutique hotel. But we we reserved it through Airbnb, and it was on the river. We could hear the the water all night long. Um, you had this incredible view across the river of all of this old part of the city, and we had our own outdoor patio. And just the experience of it all was so. It was just really, really special. It was really special. And just so you guys know, Chesky Krumlov is in Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. So um, it's definitely a cool place to go and highly recommend it. If you're going to Prague, you should definitely hit it up. So, um, and we had a lot of other great places, but those are the ones that really come to mind for me.
1: So there can't be great places without there being bad places dun, dun, dun. So, so if there's a top of the list there has to be a bottom of the list
0: that's true so
1: bottom of the list what would you say are your like yeah i probably would like to have that one back
0: um well those are pretty easy because <laughs> you tend to remember um i would say innsbruck We like the city it's great city yes um it did rain on us a lot so we didn't get to do the hiking we thought we would and stuff but it was um it was nice but our our airbnb was okay it was like kind of felt like maybe a 19 year old boy lived there (laughs) oh actually it definitely felt like that remember the toilet seat it's it like was like... Superheroes, right? It was like comic strips, like <laughs> all over the, the seat cover and the lit toilet lid. And I was like, uh, that's weird. Like, I don't know. I just think you might would replace that before you would, you know, put this out on Airbnb. But it was, <laughs> um, it was, it was affordable. Um, it did have a nice view. So it had a nice long balcony and a nice view, which we actually didn't really use,
1: which yeah. is interesting.
0: But I think it's because yeah. of all the rain that we experienced. Right. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I wasn't such a fan of that Innsbruck one. That is also where um, I fell while getting out of the shower and I thought I was going to break my hip like an old lady. I was like, my gosh, this is crazy. Uh, but that wasn't their fault. But they did have scratchy towels. So
1: another strike. Poor scratchy towel. Plates. Another
0: strike. Oh, and the oven wouldn't work. Yeah. That was really annoying. We'd bought pizza, like, yeah, because we, we were pizza. just hungry and, like, <laughs> at the grocery store, and we're like, let's just get, like, some frozen pizza and go back. And, um, and also we were in, like, Austria, German area where the food maybe wasn't as appealing for us yeah um which totally get it if you like it no big deal but for us we were kind of like okay like we've tried it several times and we're just not digging it so let's just get pizza tonight and then we like couldn't eat the pizza because we couldn't use the oven (laughs) and i feel like maybe some other things happened too but that's that's the stuff that stood out to me yeah but yeah Innsbruck, the Munich hotel we stayed in wasn't awesome. Um, again, our Airbnb host had canceled on us, so yep. we did a last-minute hotel, um, and it was fine. It was just fine, you know. <laughs> it was one of those where you're like, mm, probably not gonna like, like roll around on the floor for sure, <laughs> and right. like you know, it's just a you know a little bit, a little bit different. But um, okay, well,
1: and we had like the the window incident in Munich.
0: Oh my gosh! Oh. You guys, so one of the nights we were there, we just could not sleep. It was like people were outside just like taking a trash can full of bottles and cans and dumping them in the street. Like it was like, what is happening down there? And it was just this echo chamber of stuff happening in an alleyway where, you know, it did echo. Um, So it was echoing up to our room. But I was like, this is crazy. We'd closed the windows the day before. So we're just like, why? I can't believe this room isn't more soundproof. Come to find out, they had come in to clean the room and then open the windows. And we didn't realize that because all of the shades were drawn. And we literally, there were multiple times I was like, I should check and see in the night. I'm like, that window, I can't believe we can hear them through that window. I wonder if that window's open. I was like, but I didn't open it. And I know Jamin didn't open it. So they did yep (laughs) long story but but it stuck with me what about you
1: uh for me I would agree on Innsbruck it was just uh not that it was bad but it was just kind of ho-hum um I think our our place in Naples just felt weird to me it felt like a villain from John Wick lived there like it it just (laughs) (laughs) like I don't know what it was like it it just felt really strange. It was super dark and and just wasn't wasn't our vibe and didn't like didn't feel like Italy at all.
0: No, it didn't.
1: And so I think I was like hoping for so much from like Naples being this great Italian city and just kind of got disappointed by that particular place. And then Dublin, um, we stayed in a hostel in Dublin and it was fine. Like you mentioned earlier, it was just super dated. Um, wasn't very comfortable, the bed wasn't very comfortable, the bathroom wasn't like gray, the shower and stuff. I just remember thinking like, oh man, like this is this is pretty rough.
0: <laughs> the blow dryer was such old plastic, it was like yellowed. <laughs> yeah. So it was like literally you're like, I don't even know if this is this
1: works. Like yeah. this is old. It uh, it was pretty crazy. And we had we'd had been doing such a good job coming into Dublin of like going to grocery stores and buying stuff. Cause we'd been primarily staying in Airbnbs. So we'd been eating at home a lot. And then we were in Dublin for three days and didn't have a fridge or anything as part of this hostel. And so we're like kind of forced to eat out all the time. So we're, I was like eating fish and chips twice a day. And like by the end of it, I was like, I just, I I just need some like regular food. Or like, I I just want a sandwich or something. <laughs> like yeah. how do we how do we move on? And so that one for me was, was maybe not the best. Again, not horrible, not anything to really complain about, but when we had stayed at such amazing places. Yes. And I think too we had come to Dublin from Edinburgh and it had been such an amazing experience mm, to then yeah. come to that, it was it was a lot to try to live up to.
0: <laughs> You're sad to have left Edinburgh at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I really was. Like, I did not want to go. And, um, yeah, Dublin was its own thing.
0: Yeah. But, you know, whenever I think about going to all these different places and all these places that you stay, it makes me think of the things that we packed because, you know, you arrive and you kind of – more you know it depends on how long you're staying but you know you might unpack a few things and kind of think mm-hmm. about you know it, it just makes me think about what we packed
1: yes. and
0: i'm curious what were your favorite things that you packed that you brought
1: well then keeping in mind that we were like in backpacks
0: mm-hmm. so yes true
1: not not a ton of space um
0: we were very thoughtful about what we brought.
1: Yeah, so you knew like if you're going to bring it, it, needs to be important. Yes. <laughs> and so I think I think some of my best things. I um, had these like travel pants that I had bought, and I really thought that they were a great thing to bring. I had like a blue pair and a gray pair, and um, I really liked them because they had a like a sort of like a secret pocket with a zipper and so my like passport and wallet would fit perfectly in there and I could zip it up and so when we're in all of the big cities amongst all the crowds where like pickpockets are so predominant I knew like I didn't really need to worry I was in good a good place then they look a little dressier and everything's so much more formal in Europe that I felt like I belonged more so and and yet they were like sort of stretchy and comfortable. So they were really good. Um, my noble running shoes. Mm, Um, we went on a ton of runs like every place where we stayed more than one night, we tried to go for a run. I think we did almost everywhere. We went for a few hikes instead, but we got out and were active and I wore those on every single one of those. I think I wore them every travel day too. Mm
0: -hmm. They
1: were just really comfortable I knew I could run in them, walk in them forever, not get blisters, and be able to to do all the stuff. So I was glad I I packed those.
0: And they don't, like the specific kind we got were like the knit kind of no bull running shoes. And so they don't rub a hole, or they don't rub up against the back of your heel. Yeah. And man, when you are walking that often, for so many days, like the odds of you getting blisters are really good. But neither one of us the whole time of three months in Europe, did we ever get blisters? Yeah, no, that's crazy.
1: It was, yeah, yeah. So we was I was glad that we had those. Uh, we also bought like this little power pack. Um, and it was really an adapter. So it had like all of the different plugs. So you could plug in and it would bring it to one source that had like several USB plugs in it. And several American 120 volt outlet plugs in it. And we would get that thing out and plug it in and start charging laptops and cameras and mm-hmm. and watches and phones and like it would be this like just octopus of power yeah. <laughs> in every place that we stayed. And meant that we only had to have one adapter mm-hmm. plugged in. Yeah. And we were good to like charge everything. And mm-hmm. without that, I feel like
0: we would needed a million adapters. Yeah.
1: And it yeah. would have been like just standing in line to like charge stuff the whole time. So yeah. I, was, I was grateful to have had that with us. And you
0: just got that on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Like it was no big deal. Yeah. yeah. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. That was a really good one. I would say some of my favorites were a rain jacket. I got this North Face rain jacket that was just like you could roll it up into a tiny little ball if you needed to. It was actually waterproof, not water resistant which is not the same big difference so it was waterproof and then if i wanted to unroll the little um hood i could and i did that every time it rained (laughs) and i literally just wore that thing out and even sometimes i had a puffy jacket that i would put underneath sometimes if it was raining or whatever so it was always Mm. i wore it probably the first month religiously and um so (laughs) If you guys go out and look at any of the videos, you'll see me in a black jacket, and that is that rain jacket. It was totally <laughs> worth it. One of the other things that I loved, these are just like weird little quirky things, but. I had this loofah towel that a friend had given me, Sherry, thank you Sherry, Um, and I freaking loved it because you could just, you always, you didn't ever have to worry about if there was a washcloth in the place that you're staying. All you had to do was like use this loofah towel, which is way better than an actual loofah ball. Just saying, and it also dries a lot faster because it's not all wadded up, and so it would dry really fast. And then, boom, I would be able to put it back in the suitcase um, or the my backpack. So that was awesome. Um, and then just basically anything that I brought that was like a little bit dressier, I was so glad I did. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Yeah. So we also purchased things mm-hmm. while we were over there. Um, what were your favorite things that you bought? So three months in Europe is a long time. Yeah. And we changed seasons. Yeah. You know, we went from north to south. We started out in like coats and gloves and the stuff and ended April. up in like swimming in the ocean and ocean swimsuits. So we had to buy some things along the way. What were your favorite things that you actually purchased while you were there?
0: Well, one of them I purchased within a couple of days of arriving because I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> I did not bring enough the right shoes and i ended up getting uh some doc martens basic black doc martens um i was seeing them everywhere in london too and i was like well sign me up because (laughs) i need a comfortable boot that will get me through all of this rain all of this cold and i ended up mailing them home uh, when it was all said and done Uh, but i wore them probably for two months at least yeah So wore them for a lot of the time. Again, never had any blisters. It was incredible. Um, I just, I never realized like how good they would be to travel with. Um, I just, you know, I knew they would be comfortable and warm. And, uh, but then also just the styles in London, I was like, yes. Yes. Okay. 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 Uh, so I think I bought those in like Bath, England, and I was just like, "Yeah, this is this is awesome." Um, another thing that I bought that I just love is a blue dress from um, H H&M. and I went into every H and M that I saw because it was so interesting how the <laughs> styles changed depending on where we were, and I loved. Seeing that I loved seeing H&M's and Zara's because I just wanted to take a peek and see how they were different everywhere we went. And so I got a blue dress when we were in Barcelona and it was awesome. And uh, I got a coffee pot from Italy, which was just lovely. And I love using it.
1: (laughs) uh, Those were all things that you did get a lot of use out of and you did like really love. Yeah. Um, for me, I bought a hat in Bruges, um, and I like actually wore quite a bit, still wear it. And I really, really, really liked it. Um, in Lyon, I bought some, um, like some sneakers, some white Adidas sneakers that, that I really liked. Um, it was fun just shopping in Lyon because all the people were so friendly
0: yeah, they were.
1: And would talk to you. And so every store that we went into, um, the people working in the store, we would like, just have conversations with them. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a lot of fun and, and really unique. But I wore those a ton that like last half of our trip, like the the summer portion. And uh, so I really liked those. Um, I also bought a, a blue article of clothing in Barcelona. I did not buy a dress from H&M, but I did buy... <laughs> Uh, a blue linen shirt that uh, I ended up wearing a lot um, as it was so warm all through you know the south of France and Italy and, and into Greece and so I got a lot of use out of that but those were, those are my big like purchases that I felt like eh, that was a good decision
0: yeah yeah okay so if you had to like I mean, this is the best of Europe season, right? right? So, you know, we're talking a lot about accommodations and, you know, suitcases and packing or whatever. But if you had to really stop and think about, like, your favorite places that you went in all of Europe, what would you say?
1: Um, uh, you know, I I think I always come back to Edinburgh. Like, was one, the the feeling of that city... It's so well-preserved. It's this medieval town with so much history and so much there that was just incredible. And I couldn't I couldn't get enough of it. Mm. Um, I loved every day we were there. It was one of our longest stays. I think we were there four nights. And I was sad to go. I wanted to go back right away. And I just loved it. Um, the Cotswolds were another one where... I just felt like I could stay here forever. I have a memory of us like sitting in this park. Like we had just gone to this church and kind of walked through this graveyard and we came to this park and it overlooked this river. It's kind of set up on a hill and there are these blonde stone houses down along either side of this river that's just sort of meandering through and really just more of a stream than a river. But, um, I remember sitting there and we had packed our lunch, we had packed sandwiches and we decided to have lunch on this bench. And that was just the best. Just like sitting there, listening to that stream, looking over these fields and pastures and, and just hiking in the Cotswolds. It's one of my favorite places and just such a cool experience that I'm so glad that we got to do and I'm so thankful for. And when I think of travel and really enjoying travel, like that's one of the, that's one of the things that really stands out. So like the Cotswolds out in the, you know, in the pastures and Edinburgh, this medieval city, even though like they are similar, but they're also very different. um, Those were my favorite, favorite places.
0: I love that.
1: What about, what about you? Favorite, like top favorite, top of the list.
0: Top of the list is unrelated to how great the Airbnb was, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, which is really interesting as we're saying this, I'm realizing like these aren't based off of how good your accommodations were. Right. Yeah. We love the place no matter what. My top favorite place was San Sebastian, Spain. Mm. It was wonderful. I just, I loved the sunshine and the ocean and um, the food was incredible. Um, I loved the nightlife and just the energy. It had such good energy. And it was this really interesting mix of, it's Basque country is what they consider it. Because it's this mix of uh, France influences, but it's in Spain and it's kind of like right there on the border and it's also um, a vacation destination for a lot of people from Europe so love 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 San Sebastian Um, also loved Lauterbrunnen Switzerland yeah oh I just love Switzerland and Lauterbrunnen. I had had it on my radar for a few years and just, it's this incredible, um, it's got this one little train that'll take you through it, but it's this incredible little valley where um, they've got waterfalls and I think 72 waterfalls to be exact. Um, There's little cows with the huge bells on them and they've got all kinds of, it's just, gorgeous and the valley itself is so um steep like on both sides of you you just look up and it's just like walls of earth on all sides of you and so it creates this really narrow uh place with huge mountains all around you and that's also where we paraglided which was yeah lovely. It was so freaking cool. And uh, we didn't stay overnight there. We just were there for a day and I would definitely go back and spend more time there because it was awesome. And go up into the top of the cliffs a little bit more and discover some of the villages up there. I think it's just really, really fun. And then I loved Greece. I loved the Greek islands. I loved Athens. Athens was a shock how much We loved it. Yeah, Um, Yeah, and it was, it was a little, um, maybe sketchy in some places. You kind of felt like, oh no, is this like okay? But then you kind of start to realize, like, no, this is fine. It's just really old, and there's graffiti everywhere, but you're okay. (laughs) Like it's fine, and uh, so that was pretty cool. And I just loved the incredible mix of like, you know, you look up and you're seeing these ancient. you know sites all over the place and they're all lit up at night because they know how precious these places are and so they're protecting them and they're featuring them all across the city and then right next to you is some like super cool place to eat that's crazy modern and live music and all kinds of stuff and the way they join the old and new is just really really cool and I think I love that I thought that was awesome.
1: Yeah, that, that was a great experience. So many good places, so many amazing places to stay in Europe. So many good experiences. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in specifics about any of these that were mentioned today, uh, we do have episodes, both podcast and YouTube episodes out there uh, for you to go take a look at. Uh, please go out and follow us on social media, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and as I mentioned, YouTube, were those places so you can connect with us more there. Um, we just want to bring you along and uh, make you a part of our journey. So hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you did go out and check out the rest of our stuff.
0: We also have a way for you guys to get in contact with us because we love to hear your stories. And I'm so excited that we have a story to share from Mary. And Mary has been following us on Instagram. We've been following her, honestly, and we just love seeing her travels. And so it's been fun to engage her. And now we have an actual story to share from her. So we're going to read that for you. This is from an email that we got from her recently. And she talks a little bit about her own time in Europe. So check this out. Okay, Mary said, your latest episode about getting around Europe reminded me of an overnight ferry my husband and I took in 2012. It was our first international trip together, and we were traveling from the Netherlands to London. My husband loves all things transportation, and we'd seen this overnight ferry on some show on the Discovery Channel or something similar. And so when planning our trip, I booked us on the Stena Lines Overnight Ferry. We took a train from Amsterdam, where we'd been staying, to the port at Hook of Holland. We were very eager beavers, and I'm pretty sure we were the first ones to board the ferry. The ferry didn't leave until about 10 p.m., so we ate an expensive, mediocre dinner in the cafeteria where they charged for ketchup packets which i thought was really funny (laughs) and uh and they explored the boat after watching as the boat left the port we settled in the cabin we'd reserved and watched the dutch version version of the voice on a really small tv (laughs) our cabin had bunks and a small bathroom and we soon fell asleep and then in the morning we were awoken by the tune of don't worry be happy playing all over the PA system. How cool is that? That's awesome. (laughs) I love that. I think of that ferry ride anytime I hear that song now. We disembarked in Harwick, England, and took the train to London. Overall, it was a fun experience and saved us a night in a hotel room while getting from point A to point B. Mary also gave us some tips that we could share with you on how to get around, and her tip was to use the Seat 61 website for train travel planning. The man in Seat 61 has information on all the trains in Europe and other places, including how to book them easily and often how to get the best deal. Even though it was a ferry, he explained how to book the train and ferry as a package, which was really helpful. So... Isn't that a great tip? Yeah, that's was so like, cool. like, never heard of the website. Love that. Oh my goodness. Now we have new information that we can use as we book our next trip to Europe. So hopefully someone else can get a little good out of that. And thanks so much to Mary for reaching out to us. And I should also tell you guys that if you would like to share your story or your tip for other travelers, go ahead and send us a note at travelfomopodcast at gmail.com because we love your from people it's so cool
1: yeah thanks so much to mary for sending us that uh, that note and letting us share it with everybody and i like another amazing way to find accommodation that also like serves a purpose yes like doing an overnight on like a ferry like that there are overnight trains and things too like so that's a very creative way to get from point A to point B. And like she said, save a hotel room. So yes, like way to go, Mary.
0: I know. And I I love that we got that from her right now because it's this perfect mix of last episode that we put out about train travel or about travel and transportation. Mm -hmm. And then it also leans into accommodation, which we talked about today. So very cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, Mary.
0: Thanks, Mary. And everyone out there, we just hope that you do what you need to do to sign up for your next vacation i think we've booked something coming up soon uh cayman islands is calling the
1: works yeah
0: so we hope you guys get to book a vacation soon go see the world because life is
1: short Wander well